0: Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join
1: the church in worship.
2: Thank you, Handbells, for leading us this morning and preparing us for worship. What an exciting day today, and we are so glad that you have made it to the house of the Lord to worship today. Uh, We're glad you're here. want to take just a minute, if you are a visitor or a guest with us today, there's a tab on the side of your bulletin, and we've been accustomed to doing this, so let's everybody take this tab and let's hear them. Good. We're going to ask you to fill that out and drop that off in the offering, drop that in the offering plate, so that we can get to know you and give you an opportunity to get to know us. Also, on the back side of that um, is a prayer request side that you can fill out if there is a prayer need for anyone in here or a prayer need of someone close to you, a friend or neighbor. Please fill that out and put that in the offering plate, and please mark that if you would like for us to share that or if you'd like to keep that just within the staff. There's an opportunity for you to do that going to just ask you to take your bulletin and we're going to go through some some quick announcements i say that quick jokingly because i got five yesterday while i was here at the meet and greet so we're going to try to try to go through those as as quickly as possible but speaking of that do want to just say a word of thanks to the pastor search committee and for others who have worked so hard to make this a special weekend let's give them a hand They have done an outstanding job, and we're glad to have Keith and his family here with us this weekend, and we'll look forward to hearing him um, bring the word this morning. And um, also, the um, pastor search committee wanted me to let you know that immediately following worship, we will have a call business conference where we will vote, and they will count those votes, and you are welcome to stay and hang around. If you'd like to hear the results of those, they said they'd do that pretty quickly. So um, if you want to do that that would be fine. Also, we will send out uh, a message uh, on the message service, too. So either way, just want to give you that opportunity. I want to begin in our announcement time. The flowers in the sanctuary this morning are placed in love and memory of William, William Harrington uh, by Miss Iva. And just want to take a, a minute to ask you to pray for Miss Iva. She got to church this morning and uh, had a little health issue. It appears she may have had a stroke. We're not exactly for sure, but she was talking. Just wasn't, wasn't herself at all. And we're thankful for those that were able to help her get inside and get her to medical attention. But be thinking about her this, this morning, her and her family. So I'm just bringing that up. Tonight is our last session for our um, Bible study time with Dr. Webb. That's been a great time, so we'll invite you to be here at 5 o'clock in the Lighthouse Room to finish that up. And then immediately following that, we will meet over on the other side of the building where we will do our Relay for Life luminary service. So um, those are two great opportunities to be together. Also a reminder of the shower this afternoon in between those. On the back side of your bulletin, would like to um, draw your attention to a few things. Women's Bible study on Tuesday evening, that's a new thing, and that explains that a little bit. Uh, Also see midweek time and all the things that are going on on Wednesday. And then Thursday, just to let you know, is our national day of prayer. We will meet at the town hall. Uh, beginning at 1220. Max says promptly at 1220. And we will pray together until about 1240 or until we disperse. But that is a great time for us to pray for our community and pray for our country. So we want to um, to be able to do that. One thing I did miss right quick, this afternoon at 4 p.m. there will be a church planning team meeting. So if you're a committee chair or a member of a committee that has something to bring to the church planning team meeting, we can get that on the calendar. Please do so at 4 o'clock in the carigma Sunday School class. And then also um, forgot to tell the act teams need to meet tonight at five thirty so that you can help set up the luminaries for the luminary service. At the bottom of your bulletin, there you see the form for Mother's Day roses. Let's get those in today so that I can turn in that order form tomorrow, and we'll have a beautiful arrangement of Mother's Day roses next Sunday in honor of our mothers. So believe I've covered everything this morning, at least I hope so. I didn't do anything wrong there. last week I was trying to get to get seniors on a different day than, I, than everybody else was going, but I think we're clear on that. I um, want to recognize Ari Bottoms, if you would, this morning. He's going to share with us our mission moment for this week.
3: Uh, today, um, Cedric has told me who we're praying for, um, and we have decided that perhaps the most appropriate nation for us to pray for as a church this month is the nation of Nepal. Um, as most of you, I'm certain, are aware, last um, Friday evening, our time, there was a 7.8 earthquake outside of Kathmandu, um, and this is a country that is only beginning to recover from a dec- more than a 15 years of civil war, um, and they have suffered a lot. They suffered from the um, one of their princes uh, deciding to murder the rest of the royal family and himself at the very end of the Civil War. um, It's a country that doesn't have the infrastructure to deal with a crisis like this. Um, And so we need to pray for those who are facing darkness, hopelessness, and fear, and for those who are trying to help them um, to get out of that. So I encourage you this week as you pray to pray specifically for the nation and the people of Nepal.
4: Good morning. Take your hymnals, please, and turn to number four as we sing together together. To God be the glory. Praise his name. Number four, let's stand as we sing, please.
2: Illustrations to take care of my point today. Um, and, and yes, this is a phone, but what else does this phone typically do? What else can you do with this phone besides call people and text? You can play games on it, yeah. Flashlight. Flashlight, yeah, that's good, but that's not quite what we're looking for. You take pictures. Good, so I'm going to use this as a camera. So I want you to see this as a camera today. And also, what is this? Binoculars. Binoculars. What in the world do you do with binoculars? You you look through them and you try to see things that are far away. away. Correct. Can I I borrow you just a second this morning? I want you to to look through those and tell me what you see. What does it look like? You see light bulbs. Where do you see light bulbs at? (laughs) Can you see anybody in those? You can't see anybody. Let's try this. Try it again. Try it again. Look right out there. Look right out there. Yeah. You see some people now? Yeah. yeah. You know what the problem was? It wasn't focused. Hmm. If you ever grab a pair of these binoculars and you go to look through them to, to see what you're trying to see, sometimes it's blurry. The object's too close. Or you can take the middle and adjust the focus on, on the lenses so you can see clearly what you're trying to look at. Um, on this camera, which is why I love these little things, um, it's got a feature called autofocus. Have you ever used one? How many of you ever used one of these? You know, and, and on top of that... They, they kind of make it real simple because when you pull it up, it's got this yellow box that comes up. you ever seen that? What are you supposed to do with that yellow box? That's it. You take that yellow box and you put that yellow box around whatever it is you're wanting to take a picture of. And then what happens? Has anybody noticed what happens when you get that yellow box around whatever you want to take a picture of? It auto focuses so you can see exactly what you're trying to take a picture of. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, I would like to think that we have an autofocus built into us, but we don't. <laughs> we, we don't have an autofocus built into us. I'm going to read you just a really quick story. Actually, it's just the tail end of a story. Jesus goes to the home of two ladies named Mary and Martha. They're sisters, um, friends of Jesus. They love Jesus. They have Jesus in their home. And one of the sisters is running around like crazy. Martha is running around like crazy trying to make things perfect for Jesus to be in their home. She may have been cooking, cleaning, straightening up, doing whatever a good host does. And you won't know what her sister Mary was doing. Nothing. Nothing, that's right. <laughs> nothing. Was doing absolutely nothing in the eyes of Martha. But where, let's just see, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha is running around doing all this stuff for Jesus. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says to Martha. In Luke 10, 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha... The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So what does Jesus say to Martha? Is it okay that Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet? No. Yeah. Jesus Jesus tells Martha that it's okay for Mary to be sitting at Jesus' feet because what was Mary's focus? Say it louder. Jesus. Jesus is Mary's focus. And Jesus tells Martha, this is good. So I want to tell us all, that regardless of the things that are going on in our lives, even the good things that we need to be doing, because Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She was being a good host. But Jesus tells her that the best thing that she can do is focus on Him. And that's the best thing that we can do is turn our eyes to Jesus and focus on Him. And you say, well, how do I focus on Jesus? Just like you take that pair of binoculars and you turn the middle piece, the dial in the middle to focus. How do we focus on Jesus? Anybody know how we focus on Jesus? We do just what Mary did. We spend time with Him. You see this here? The Bible, we open it up and we read it or we have somebody read it to us. So that we hear what Jesus has to say. We come here and worship and spend time with other believers because I believe that as um, believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and spending time with each other, we should be like spending time with Jesus. That's part of it. So that's how we focus on Jesus. We talk to Him, we read His Word, we spend time with other believers, and that draws our focus to him. So what do we learn today? We focus on who? Good deal. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and for the multiple opportunities that we have to see him, to hear him, to spend time with him. And I pray, Lord, that he's real to those sitting in this floor. And I pray, Lord, that you would use us as adults so that the kids that are sitting here can see you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
4: In Christ alone. Steps of peace when fears are still when striving cease.
2: hearts together in prayer this morning. God, how great it is to be in your house today, to be surrounded by your love in so many different forms. We are thankful for each person that is here this morning. And Lord, I pray that everyone would be able to experience and see you in a unique and special way today. May we be looking for you. I pray that we have anticipated you being with us today. Well, we know that there are many who find themselves in very difficult circumstances. Our prayer is that they sense you near them at this very moment. Lord, I pray that you would prepare us for those opportunities this week as we encounter those that we know need a touch from you. And may we boldly live for you and do as you instruct us to do and take advantage of those opportunities that you give us. And may we recognize you at work in us so that others can see you we are very grateful for the way that you have blessed us, for the way that you walk with us, for the fact that we do not walk alone. And I pray if there's anyone in this room this morning or anyone who is hearing this, Lord, I pray that at this very moment they would know that they are not alone, that you are there. Father, you are a great and loving and merciful God. And what an honor it is to worship you today. May everything that is said in this time bring glory to you. For it's in Christ's name I do pray. Amen.
4: Some men seek wealth. Some people seek power. Some people seek fame, men's applause. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. 550. I'd rather have Jesus than all of those things. We're only going to sing the first two stanzas, 550. Let's stand as we sing, please.
3: with me, please. Lord, we know that the Torah mentions tithing in three places in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the the prophet Malachi invites us to test you and see if you will not pour out a blessing when we are faithful in our giving. And we remember that Jesus challenged us towards a a more holistic idea of giving when he reprimands the Pharisees for tithing off their herb gardens, but neglecting mercy and justice and faith. Lord, may we uh, do the latter without neglecting the former as well. And I pray that you would bless this offering that is given today and bless this church and the future of our church as we continue to give to each other and to the community and as we continue to give the, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to all that need to hear. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
5: the pleasure of introducing Keith this morning, and this is not going to be your typical introduction because Lynn told you about his education and his experience last week, and that was in the handout that you received also. What I want to do is tell you the story of how we met Keith and why we felt he was right and why we still feel he is the right person for us. As you know, we got close one time before we thought, but that door closed. So we regrouped, we selected three people that we were going to meet with again. Keith was in the middle of the three. We met with one candidate when he and his wife left. We said, that's that's not the person. So we met with Keith and Renee in mid-February at Jane and Lynn's. Lynn booted Jane out for a few hours so we could have some time with the candidate. We sat around their dining room table for cake and coffee, conversation, questions, answers. We spent spent a good bit of time with them that night, asked Keith a lot of questions, drilled and grilled him pretty good, we thought. When they left after at, at least two and a half hours, We gathered in Jane and Lynn's sunroom, and every person said, he's the one, he's the one. I felt a peace in my gut, I felt a peace in my heart. Every person on the committee said the same thing. And nobody said, but what if, don't you think? No, it was unanimous from the first time, he was the one. But we still had another person to meet with, So later that week, we met with that person over in Shelby. When he left, we said, he's not the one. It's Keith. Keith is the one. We made arrangements to go to New Bessemer, to hear him, to see him in his pulpit there. As you know, we met with his deacons. We went to the restaurant. We spent two or three hours after the service talking a lot, asking him more questions. On the way home, we were just elated. We're on cloud nine. We said, we know he's the one. We still felt at peace. Every person felt at peace, and every person said, he's the one. Well, he had said while we were at the restaurant together that he wanted to come to the, to see the church. He wanted to see what the church building, the facility itself, looked like. So we made arrangements to do that. Diane was gracious enough to host a Friday night dinner. We all gathered at her house. And we were going to bring him to the church on Saturday morning. But our planning was not right, Paul. You had the choir down here on Saturday morning. (laughs) And you know how you hadn't heard anything from the committee. That was not going to work. So about 9.15, 9.30 on Friday night, we brought Keith to the church. We came in through the sanctuary, brought him down here all through the church, out to the LEC, the fellowship hall. When he when they left, went back to the hotel, it still felt right to us. So we began to make plans for this weekend. As we met with them more and more, it felt right. We met with Renee the first. Time when we went to New Bessemer, we met Aiden. We loved Aiden. Then he came to the dinner. He fell in love with the gym because he could shoot basketball out there. <laughs> the whole thing has felt right. It still feels right. We still have a peace in our gut, we have a peace in our heart. We didn't twist anybody's arm to change their mind. We just feel like this is the man for us that Renee and Aiden, they're the family for us. So my prayer is that you will open your heart to him, that you will receive what he is going to bring to us this morning. He will come after the choir sings, and to God be the glory.
0: Good morning. morning. I'm glad you step up into this pulpit, otherwise you wouldn't be able to see me. (laughs) I have had a wonderful weekend. And let me just begin by saying that our family is honored and deeply humbled and scared to death all at the same time. (laughs) Uh, But we have had a wonderful weekend. Uh, The search committee has been first class in all of their discussions with us and uh, in relating with us and questions and we have been able to share honestly with one another and we are just so incredibly grateful and excited about the possibility of a future together When I traveled with Baptist Retirement Homes, I would have the opportunity to come occasionally back into Cleveland County and speak at either an associational meeting or in a local church here in Cleveland County. And I'll say today what I said then, it's always good to be back in Cleveland County. I had some great years here in college, and after a couple years, I learned how to study um, a little bit better and all of that. And so uh, just it's always good to be back in Cleveland County. And like I said, we've enjoyed getting to know Uh, the pastor search team and we are grateful for the hospitality of many that uh, whether it was here at the church or in your homes and just so please know that our family uh, is very grateful for that and like I said we've been getting to know them and um, I don't know how many of you knew knew this but you have one by the name of Cliff Hamrick who we walked into the gym that night and somebody threw him a ball and uh, where's Cliff? There he is. Somebody threw him a ball, and he was there at three-point range and just didn't warm up at all and just shot at nothing but net, first thing. <laughs> and uh, I know many of you didn't picture Cliff Hamrick on a basketball team, but <laughs> but uh, I'm telling you, if we, if we get one together, I want him on it. Um, but uh, speaking of basketball, I'll go ahead and answer a question. Some of you may ask later, and just I'll save the question. But yes, I did play a little. I uh, didn't play in college, but played a lot in the gym. And I uh, just decided that I wanted to dedicate some time to some other things while I was in college other than just playing basketball, but um, certainly uh, enjoy doing that. But I want to invite you this morning to turn in your Bibles, if you haven't done so already, or in a pew Bible to Second Chronicles chapter 20, and we'll be reading in a moment just verses 1 through 12, but hidden away in this passage this morning, maybe unfamiliar to many, but I feel has a relevant message for each of us today, personally and both corporately as a church. How many of you, or has has anyone ever told you to keep your eye on something, or on someone? Maybe a person, maybe a team. Um, Playing baseball, you're told to keep your eye on the ball. When you play golf with me, I'll ask you to keep your eye on my ball, because I don't know where it's going to go, and that's the truth. When I began college and went through classes with Dr. Cullinan and Dr. Lamb and uh, Dr. Jack Partain, I quickly learned, late, uh, quickly learned in the semester to keep my eye on the syllabus uh, because they may not always remind you of what's coming up, and you come to class and something's due that day, and you regret not having had your eye on that syllabus parents of young children you have to keep your eye on those young children ours is getting a little older now and so we uh, have more freedom there but you know you keep your eye many of you on the stock market maybe on the the favorite um, store to drop prices and sometimes after a close call in your car you're reminded that you needed to keep your eye on the road and you may think of others this morning but our eyes today are focused on many things Lately for Bowling Springs Baptist Church, your eyes have been focused on your pastor search committee. Maybe as a family, your eyes have been focused on concerns that relate specifically to your family, maybe career, maybe your church, maybe nation, news, work responsibilities, school, sports, teenagers, friends. Maybe for the young people here today, single, your eyes have been focused towards some young ladies or towards some young men, but today our eyes are focused on many things. And this morning, what we're going to see is a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. Aren't you glad that your parents did not name you Jehoshaphat? We're going to see where he is faced with some news, some rather sudden news. And what did he do when faced with this crisis, with faced with the uncertain? What did he do? When he did not know what to do. Many of us today go through things in life and we don't always have the answers like we would like to have them. And so where do we look in times like that? Well, Jehoshaphat has some things to teach us this morning. So let's look to Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with the sons of the Mennonites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, in, in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Now began in verse 5 Jehoshaphat's prayer. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Israel. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. And see how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance? O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Father, I pray that you would take the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and make them acceptable in your sight. I pray that when we leave this place today, we'll say it is good to have been in the house of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jehoshaphat was a good king in the southern kingdom of Judah when a time when other kings vacillated between following God and following selfish desires for power and other means. He begins here in the uh, beginning of chapter 20 and learns that other nations, nations that have a brutal reputation, are coming to make war against him. And not only several nations, but it says in verse 2, a great multitude is coming from beyond the sea. This is no small news, but this is great, and this is grand news for Jehoshaphat. Well, what does he do? He does something that you and I should do, and he teaches us here in verses 3 and 4. He said he was afraid. It's honest about how he felt. He was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord. It, said he gathered, it says, he, so Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Faced with possible attack, he stands before the people with confidence and prays the prayer that we've read this morning. And in the midst of this prayer, he asks three very important questions. You may have caught them as we read the passage this morning. "I love the confidence of Jehoshaphat in this prayer. Having walked with the Lord, he was able to have that confidence. And he first asked the question in verse six. He said, um, "O oh Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens?" Jehoshaphat had confidence in God's presence right here and right now, confidence in the present." God, I know we are under attack by some large enemies, but are you not the all-powerful God who rules over kingdoms and nations? All power and might are in your hands. There's nothing that you can't do. Jehoshaphat knew who he was talking to and who he was calling out to, and he was saying to himself and in his prayer, are you not that God right now? Some of you are going through trials this morning. You're going through difficult situations, maybe in a marriage or with children. We need to claim the promise that Jehoshaphat claimed in this prayer today. God, we know you're on your throne. We know that you're in control of all things, and there's nothing that you can't do. And we call on you right now in the present tense. The next question that he asked is in verse 7. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Jehoshaphat has confidence in the past. Did you not drive out all the people in this land before Israel and give it forever to your people, the descendants of Abraham? And because you did this, we have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary for your name. And come good times or bad, we will stand here in your presence before the people, before the temple, and cry out to you, and you will hear us, and you will save us. When we don't know what to do, let us be reminded of how God has led in the past. As we look back on our past, some things become more clear. Some things we will not know until that time when we are with our Lord and Savior for all of eternity. But we look back during times of loss. For many of you, it was the loss of a spouse or a loss of another close family member. We look back and we can see God's hand and we can see his presence. Many of you have been waiting and praying for a new pastor. As you've looked to the past, it's been about 18 months, I believe, is what I've heard your search committee say. And many of you have been waiting. But I would like to propose to Bowling Springs Baptist Church this morning that this waiting has not been insignificant. This waiting has not been meaningless. But this waiting has had purpose. The great theologian, Dr. Seuss, In the children's book that my son has and loves, oh, the places you'll go, he speaks of this waiting, though, in a different way. He refers to it as a useless place. And this is what he says. He says, for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or the plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting waiting for the fish to bite. Someone wasn't doing that yesterday. The fish were biting, I understand. Or waiting for the wind to fly a kite, waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. For Boiling Springs, this waiting for a new pastor, again, has not been meaningless. Hearing from the pastor search committee, and a few others, I am hearing of God has wor- how God has worked in your lives individually, and as a congregation over these last eighteen months. And it is exciting for a prospective pastor to hear of what God has been doing. I'm grateful to have been a part of the men's Bible study this morning and what God is doing in that group. And if you have not joined that group or you had thought about it, I would encourage you to seriously consider joining that group of men as they speak honestly and talk about what God is doing in the present and what God has been doing in the past as well. What I'm hearing is that Boring Springs has taken some time, time to do some inventory, time to look towards the past, time to think about the present, and also time to look to the future as well. And your waiting has not been insignificant again or unimportant. Going back to our passage this morning, Jehoshaphat, he is faced with a crisis in our passage this morning, and he does what many of us often do in the midst of crisis. If we have not been speaking honestly, when we're faced with the crisis, the true us begins to come out, and he speaks honestly with God. God told them not to invade, not to uh, go toward these other countries, to destroy them, and in verse 10, Jehoshaphat says, Uh, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. Well, now they've, and we turned from them when we didn't, but he says in verse 11, see how now they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. These nations that you told us not to destroy, well, they're now coming against us. And, you know, in a way he's asking God, why did you ask us not to destroy them? The nations that you ask us to leave alone during our conquest, well, we did. And now these are the ones coming after us. But we see the third question in Jehoshaphat's prayer. He says, will you not, in verse 12, will you not judge them? This question has to do with the future. This question has to do not with the present and not with the past, but it has to do with the future. And what I love about Jehoshaphat, we've talked about this over the course of this weekend, and I, and I think the committee and I have, have appreciated I've certainly appreciated their honesty, and I think they grew to appreciate our family's honesty about life, and about calling, and moving, and and ministry, and uh, that's one of the greatest things that I think that the the committee and our family have, have grown. One of the reasons we've grown to love each other is that we can speak honestly with one another, and Jehoshaphat does that in his prayer when he says in verse 12, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. When you and I are faced with those times of not knowing what to do, may we be found faithful, as Wesley pointed out in the children's sermon as well. When things seem out of focus, to do what it is that we need to do, go back to God's word, to prayer. I was talking with the committee this weekend about music and how it's important in my life to go back to those things. Nature goes back, go back to those things that can help you to refocus on Christ. Where are your eyes focused today? Today. As we think about a possible future together I think it is beneficial for you to know a couple of important aspects Of how I would seek to lead one of those two things again would be leadership and change You heard about some uh, Philosophy that I have about leadership in the sense that I would seek to be more of a tour guide than a travel agent with you A travel agent uh, points things out and tells you where you need to go and sends you on your way And that would not be my desire. I am on a journey myself and you are on a journey, and I would seek to be more of the tour guide in relationship to leadership here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. But let's, let's carve out the path together through prayer, through conversation, and uh, through living life together, and let's go on that journey together. When it comes to change, and I know change is a dirty word in many Baptist churches, but change may not always be easy, but it is necessary for growth and for health. I don't look the same as I did a few years ago. I have some issues with my eyes. You may hear about later if the Lord wills. I have hair that's now a lighter color, color of white that I did not have a few years ago. But change is inevitable. We see that in the mirror. We see that in our news and in our community. And so when we come to church, it's the one place that is slower about changing. And so when change begins to happen at church, It's unsettling many times for us, and I respect that, I understand that, because of all the things that happen in our world and in our families, if we can depend on church staying the same, then everything is okay. But let me just say, like I said again, change is necessary for growth and for health. This church is not doing ministry the same way it was doing ministry 20, 30 years ago. Uh, There are new ministries, there's different ways of doing ministries, there's new innovative and creative ways of doing ministry. And let us be open to those. But my philosophy on change goes a little bit like this. I shared with the committee that it's this idea of, uh, think about it in reference to little ships and big ships. Little ships on a lake, we've been talking about boats some last night at a meeting. But little ships can turn around very quickly on water or out on the ocean. Canoes can turn around fairly quickly. Whereas a large ship, a large cargo ship that many of you see when you go on vacation way out in the distance It's not going to turn around quickly and it takes time and it may take some help from other ships hooking themselves to that large ship to turn it around. And so as your leader, one of the things that I would seek to do is identify what those small ships are. That as a church, we could turn around rather quickly and be more effective and have more vibrant and healthy ministry. And what are those big ships that we just simply now begin to talk about and think about and pray about that may take some time? To turn around. And so I would look to you and look to our Lord in identifying what are those little ships that could help for more effective ministry right here and right now and in the immediate future. And what are those bigger ships that we can begin talking and praying and thinking about that two, three, four, five, ten years down the road, this church looks a little bit different than it did here in 2015 and for the better. And so that's just a little bit about. Uh, about keith and, and leadership and as we think about things and looking to the future but if you're like me we started a story this morning about a man named jehoshaphat of all people and these nations that are coming against him and if you're like me what's the end of the story well let's look to that really quickly this morning man by the name of jehaziel come and answers this prayer and speaks on behalf of god in verse 15 he says listen all Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen? Verse 17, he said, You need not fight in this battle, but station yourselves. So you're not going to have to fight, but you do have to go out. There's a word there for us this morning, maybe another sermon another day. But stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear. He said it again. That's twice in the last few verses. Skipping down to verse 21, choir, I wanted to, the choir to be uh, hear this loud and clear. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in his holy attire. And as they went out before the army, he said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then in verse 22, choir, it says, when they began singing and praising the Lord... Set, they set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. So the point is, when, they, when we go to battle in the next war, the choir went out first, okay? But <laughs> the choir went out first, and uh, they were praising the Lord. But I think that has a relevant message for us today when we're faced with trials, when we're faced with these things that war for our attention and for our affection Uh, let us be reminded that we may need to sing a song of praise to the Lord or refocus our mind and our attention on him so that we can face the enemy, whatever that enemy might look like. So we see where they were routed against one another and the Lord gave them the victory and they did not have to fight in this battle. May you and I, when we are faced with the enemy, that enemy may seem like Jehoshaphat, like a great multitude of nations or people who have reputations of being brutal Bosses who have a reputation of being cutthroat and tyrants, as we may hear words from them that we may not often want to hear, may we be faithful in the midst of those situations, situations with our family and with our community that may be at times bad or our world today in the news. May we be faithful in keeping our eyes on him in those moments and in those times. Hebrews 12 the end of verse 1 and verse 2 beginning of verse 2 in Hebrews chapter 12 it says run with the, the author says run with endurance the race that is set before us fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith are your eyes on Jesus this morning let me close with a question a Chinese philosopher stood before a class he held a live bird in his hand And he asked the class, is this bird dead or alive? The class did not answer quickly, for they knew that if they said the bird was dead, the professor could open up his hand and let the bird fly away. They also knew that if they said the bird was alive, the professor could squeeze the bird to death. After a long pause, someone in the back of the class raised their hand and said, the answer to the question lies in your hand. The answer to the question of what does the future of Bowling Springs Baptist Church look like? The answer to that question lies in your hand. And it could lie in our hands. May we be found faithful in looking to him. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message today. We thank you for songs and prayers and the bells. And we thank you most of all for your spirit. We're thankful, Lord, for how you have been present today with us this morning. We're thankful how you have been present with us throughout our lives. We are thankful that, Lord, as we move from this place today and go back to our cars and our homes and the restaurants and back to our life this week, that you will be present with us there as well. Help us to be found faithful in keeping our eyes on you in the midst of facing things in our community and in our world today that seem to be overwhelming for us, not always knowing what to do, Help us, Lord, and teach us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Amen.
4: Take your hymnals, please, and turn to 320 as we sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. 320. Let's stand, please.
2: Put your hymn books up. Keep your hymn books out. The third verse is about what we do when we leave here and how we trust and how we're faithful. So as we reflect and hear the words of the third verse, let us think about those who may only see Jesus in us. Let's sing the third verse.
4: His word shall not fail you.
2: And again, um, how great it has been to be in the house of the Lord. Key, thank you for, to you and your family for spending the weekend with us and bringing the word today. You have been listening to the worship
0: service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.